girlfriends welcome to another episode of girlfriends and goals we're your hosts miosha and samaria this podcast is a space where we'll talk about friendships life goals a little bit of pop culture and all things womanhood our top goal this year is to grow our podcast audience so if you're new here or you're an avid listener of this podcast please subscribe leave us a five-star rating write a review and be sure to share this episode with a girlfriend or two Before we get into our first segment, I want to take a moment to introduce our special guest for today, Maria. Welcome to the Girlfriends and Goals podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Of course, I'm so excited that you're here. Uh, Maria is a part of what I like to call my family, my friends that are like family. And uh, we've known each other, I feel like going into nine or 10 years, which is kind of crazy to think that it's been that long time just flies, but She is a beautiful wife, mother. She has had an awesome career in the fashion retail space. And recently, she's become an entrepreneur. She launched Levon Life, I believe, in 2021. So if you could just share with our audience just a little bit about Levon Life and anything else you want to share about yourself. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for the lovely introduction. I'll I'll take the compliments. Um, (laughs) So yeah, I started uh, Levon. So Levon Life is our um, social platform, but Levon, uh, right in the midst of COVID. So 2020 is when I kind of got the idea. I was on furlough and I've been a busy person since I feel like the time I could walk. And so I think those, you know, some people took advantage of uh, being off and cooking a lot of banana bread. And I decided to take some master classes and, <laughs> and uh, apply for a business license. So yeah, so that's where Levon came from. It's a lifestyle brand that's geared towards wellness, sustainable fashion, um, and overall just real women sharing relatable life experience. So very in line with your podcast. Um, and we came out with our own collection, a five-piece capsule collection um, that's all made out of sustainable fabrics in here in the U.S. But really our main angle and my purpose for Levon is to, uh, was to create a platform that women could feel that they uh, belonged. Uh, what I was finding when I was like looking at Instagram and all of our spare time and especially a lot of the sustainable platforms that all the women look the same, you know, they're Caucasian and a certain size and it wasn't really geared towards uh, the, the broader market. So that was really the, the purpose behind, behind the company. Nice. I love that. And if you could just share with our audience the specific name of your Instagram handle and how to spell it. And I'll link it in the show notes as well. Great. Yeah. So it's Levon Life. It's L-Y-V-O-N Life. And that's our uh, username or our platform name for all of our social accounts. So Facebook and Instagram. Awesome. Perfect. All right. Well, again, we're so happy to have you. And uh, before we get into the topic for today's episode, we're going to start with our first segment, which is get into it. And that's where we talk about a topic that's been going around or something we saw on the internet and just give our takes on it. So today's inspiration (laughs) is a tweet um, from a lady who is a nurse. And it says, 
I didn't get rostered for Christmas and I'm not swapping shifts with my colleagues who have kids. Why? Because it's been the worst year of my life. I'm burnt out. I love Christmas and I need this. That's in all caps, by the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then she says, not having kids doesn't mean not finding holidays important. So we're going to start with you, Maria, since you're our guest. I just want to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, that, it's a tough one. And I hear where she's coming from, um, even though I am a mom. But, you know, there's some women that maybe want to be moms and they can't be. Um, and I, I, people, uh, there's other important things to people in life. It's not always just kids. So I definitely hear where she's coming from. The way she went about it probably could have been different and landed differently. I'm curious what the uh, comments and the responses are to her tweets. But I think, you know, you have to see it on both sides. And as women, I think we're our worst critics and she could have went about it a different way. Uh, it's funny that you talk about what the responses were because I think she had to delete, well, she didn't have to, but she did end up deleting the tweet because they were definitely dragging her. Like a lot of people were calling her selfish because um, she wouldn't let her colleagues who have kids work. Uh, I mean, let them off work and um, work in their place. Uh, so yeah, the, the comments weren't friendly to her at all. There were a few people in there who showed support, but for the most part, people were not happy with it. Miosha, yeah. what do you think? Oh, so I agree that she went about it in the wrong way. I think if it were me and I didn't have children, but I worked in an industry, which it seems like she works in, works in an industry where it's expected to work uh, major holidays as well. So if that were me, I would take a different approach in maybe trying to work with my coworkers who do have children. So not that I would expect that, like, oh, it's like where the, the cars fall, fall where they may more so, hey, I got this year, but maybe next year. Or if I really didn't have much going on on Christmas, I was like, oh, I could celebrate the day after I would be a little bit flexible if I could. And if I had that type of relationship with my coworkers, assuming I like them. Oh, <laughs> <Got> <laughs> um, all right. So I'll say this. Um, I do not have kids currently. And I do feel for people who are in the predicament she was talking about, like, they work in these types of um, industries and have to work on holidays. I personally would not be flexible with my coworkers. <laughs> um, I also would not tweet about it. I would just, <laughs> I would be inflexible and keep my mouth shut and just enjoy Christmas with my family. But um, yeah, I don't have a problem with what she said. I don't think it was something that needed to be tweeted. You know, mm. I get the greater message though. Like just because you don't have kids, that doesn't mean that you have all this free time or that you don't get to enjoy the holidays with I don't know, maybe other family members or by yourself. So I understand that sentiment. Again, Twitter is not the place. Like you could you could share the, the highlight of your day and Twitter will drag you. So I don't know what made her think <laughs> this was okay, but it was not. What do they say she woke up and chose violence? Because I mean, I mean, maybe her coworkers don't follow her. I don't know. What's what's the end game here? <laughs> I feel like her I mean, intention was probably to like put it out there to be the voice for other women who might be feeling that way. But yeah. 
And she should have known that she was gonna get the backlash. <laughs> or so they know not to ask her no more going forward. Right. They they know if they do follow her, they know who not to ask for a <laughs> switch. <laughs> that is too funny. Yeah. All right, let's get into today's topic, which is the experience of a working mom. And so we wanted to do this topic because we know as women on our journey throughout womanhood, for some of us, we will become moms. And a part of that experience for many of us is being a working mom. And so we figured our audience could benefit from us having an open, candid conversation about what that experience is like, which I'll say, I understand that not everyone's experience is the same. However, Maria has been so gracious and so kind to come share a little bit about her journey so far. So Maria, if you could just share with our audience a little bit about yourself, maybe about your family dynamics and kind of where you were, I guess, in life and in your career when you became a mom. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, I've been working since I could, since I was 14. And, um, you know, I feel like a lot of girls at that age are like, I want to get married. I want to have three kids. I want the white picket fence. I was quite opposite. I was like, I don't care about marriage. Don't really want kids. <laughs> um, and then, obviously, you know, I got older and I met my now husband. And before we even had our, our son, we had to get on the same page, right? And so I agreed to have one. And, and me in the middle, but um, was very uh, transparent that I was not going to give up my career. So, and I've lost relationships in the past, long-term relationships where, you know, they grew up in a household where the mom stayed home and raised them. And I knew just mentally that wasn't going to work, even though verbally they're like, no, you can do what you want. But I feel like if your significant others raised a certain way and see women in a certain lens, it's eventually going to be the, the expectation. So um so you know definitely finding the right partner to be able to uh you know continue with my goals of uh climbing the corporate ladder which was my goal at the time before I had my son so uh my son is going to be four in January and um yeah I I'll say his first two years I was still in that mindset like career we're gonna figure it out we're gonna balance everything and you know, I think now that he's in preschool and he has this personality and very opinionated, it's definitely shifted. I'm not sure I give that all the credit. I do think the silver lining with COVID, that was my first time since I was 14 that I did not work for probably six months. Um, and Chimdi was, I think, two at the time. And so I have all this time and I was like, oh, this is kind of nice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but it definitely switched my uh, trajectory and uh, my my view on where I wanted my career to go. And well, I launched LeVon, so that, that says a lot, too. Okay. And just to clarify, so it shifted you to a more entrepreneurial, like, mindset, you're saying, as opposed to, uh, like, I don't know, a corporation or something? Yeah, more entrepreneurial and also more vocal on what I wanted and needed from my career if I were to stay in corporate America, which... I am, you know, I, I have my my nine to five job, but I feel like before I had a child, I was very like, I'll do whatever you need me to do. I'm going to be the yes woman. I'll never say no. Where do you want to move me? Do I need to work 12 hours? Like I was going to do it all. And, you know, after I switched companies um, in the middle of COVID and uh, I was very confident, like what I wanted, what hours I wanted. 
limited how often I was, you know, willing to travel, but I was going to prioritize my son and my, my personal well-being. Very nice. Um, so has motherhood impacted the opportunities you decide to pursue versus turn down? Yeah. Um, I'll say yes and no. I think it definitely depends on the opportunity. And again, I think it depends on how flexible that opportunity um, is. So if they can meet my demands, you know, times have changed before it was uh, the cards was in the employee, the employer's hands and, and now it's in the employee's hands. Like you look at unemployment rate, but then you look at all the job opportunities out there and people are saying no, like, yeah. you know, give me these things or else I'm not doing it. Um, I think you have to be confident in your skill set and what you can bring to that company uh, for them to uh, meet you at what your needs are. But uh, so, yeah, I think not a definite yes and not a definite no to that. I think it just depends on the opportunity. Okay. I did want to circle back just a little bit, though. So you mentioned that you knew that you wanted to still have your career even after having a child. So I guess when you first had your son and you went back to work or leading up to that time, did you go back to work feeling like, oh, I'm going to step back into it the same way? So you talked a little bit about how COVID gave you this shift. But before that, um, I guess when he would have still been an infant, do you feel like you entered back into work feeling like, oh, I'm just going to pick up where I left off? Yeah, no, I, I did. I uh, So I had a C-section and so I was supposed to have, I think like four months off. Um, I think I took like three and a half. I got the itch and I was like ready to get back into it. And my job before COVID was I was a um, nationwide brand manager for a startup a retail company called Louis & Gray. So I was traveling Tuesday yeah. through Thursday, sometimes Friday, East Coast and West Coast. And it's funny that you asked that because that's why I love, love like Facebook and Instagram where they have your histories of your stories. Mm-hmm. And so I love documenting. And I think back, I'm like, God, how was I doing that when Chimney was five months, six months, like <laughs> one year? And so I look back at some of these stories and legit, you guys, me pumping in the back of an Uber, like getting off the airplane, going straight to my stores. Um, so I was like full throttle like you know again I'm fortunate to have the support of my husband and we had a nanny at the time and I'll say there were some sad moments too like I I didn't see my son's first step like the nanny taught him and taught him a lot of his first four words which was great like she recorded it but I I did miss some of those those milestone moments Hmm. I was actually just gonna ask you about that experience as a travel mom so I know that you mentioned uh, you know missing some of those key moments what what was the most difficult part of doing the traveling portion of it? So um, being away from him, but also, you know, trying to make sure that you're in your career fully. What would you say were the hardest parts on your job for you, but also as a mom? So on both sides of that. Yeah, I think as a mom, it was voiding out all the, I want to say criticism, but Again, moms are worse critics. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and and I don't think it was ill intent, but you hear some moms like, oh, you travel? Like, oh, I can never do that. Like, it's moms giving, putting the mom guilt on each other. So it was like, really, you have to be mentally strong. Like, okay, like, I can do both. I'm going to do both. This is how I'm doing it. And, yeah. you know, and it's fine if you want to be a stay at home mom, more power to you. But 
you know, so to your point, like every mom is different. Every working mom is different. So, um, so that's on the mom side. I think on the career side, I was fortunate to have a boss in the company that I worked for that was very flexible. So, you know, I'm someone who probably puts more pressure on myself than anybody else could. So it wasn't my boss saying like, you need to do these things. It was like me just doing it because I felt like that's what I needed to do to climb the ladder. Like I thought I was going to take over that brand. Like I was going to be president of Louis Gray um, <laughs> until it closed. So I was just doing, putting in the hours to, to get to that position. Nice. I have a quick follow-up question. So just because you talked about other moms and the mom guilt, uh, we have a, a friend of the podcast who actually is a mom, but refuses to have mom friends because of that, uh, because of that and just the competition as the kids um, start to grow. How has all of that impacted who you befriend, right? For, you know, for this next stage of your life or the current stage of your life as a, a working mom, how does that impact who you have around you? Yeah, I will say majority of my friends have kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm probably closer to those that are working moms because we can relate. And, you know, I, I love my son, but I don't need to talk about him all the time. I get yeah. backlash with that comment, but <laughs> I don't need to talk about him all the time. And so, you know, it's great to be around um, some of my other working mom friends where we can talk about careers and some of those stressors along with you know our kids I don't have too many stay-at-home mom friends um I will say you know my son's preschool there's definitely a lot of like stay-at-home moms and hey, let's do this let's do that I'm like oh yeah yeah next time or like yeah I'll text you tomorrow and you know the text never comes <laughs> um but I think there will come a time as you know my son gets older I'm even seeing it now where he has these school events and we don't attend or we can't because we are working and it's weird times. I say shame on the school for not thinking about working to working parents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They'll have, have like, like, lunches. I think I've heard of like some friends going to lunch at 10. I'm yeah, like, maybe that's like, breakfast. <laughs> yeah. Or just early in the day, like, Oh, at 2 PM, we're doing this at the school. And it's like, so nobody <laughs> has to work. Exactly, exactly. So I think there's benefits of both. Um, you know, I think it's important to help your children have a social life yeah. and have those social hangs. So so yeah, I, I think there's there's pros and cons from my perspective. Yeah. So I guess in the season leading up to giving birth, did you have any thoughts or feelings around if motherhood would change how you feel? Because one thing that I've seen with other moms is they may have gone into it feeling one way, like, oh, I'm absolutely getting back to work or I'm absolutely staying home. And then there is this shift when the baby's in front of him. Either way, I've seen it both ways. So do you did you go into it feeling like, oh, with this human being here in front of me, this could change how I felt one way versus the other? Yeah, I will say I was probably a bit naive. I... <laughs> my husband laughed because you know like I said I, I didn't have kids on my mind and so when I first announced I was pregnant my whole family was like what what like everyone was like <laughs> what <laughs> was like all hands on deck because <laughs> I was like I was stressed I was like oh my god I'm even gonna be a good mom like I didn't even think I wanted to be a mom and we're gonna mess up this child's life like you know all those things go through your through your head and so the reason why I say I was naive is 
you know, after I had him, I was like, all right, we're going to stay at home for a little bit, get everything going. And the first five months, actually, I think the entire time I was breastfeeding, like that was the hardest on your mental health. Like Mm -hmm. it was just really hard for me because, you know, I had a social life and, you know, even though fathers tried to be there and be supportive in the end, like the woman is the one that has to change. Like we have to adjust and shift our social life and, you know, juggle all the balls, (laughs) even if whether you're stay at home or a working mom. And so at that point I was like, wow, like, this is where the postpartum comes in because you're just not yourself. Yeah. Like I didn't feel like I was myself again until I think I only made it like seven months mm-hmm. breastfeeding. Um, but ooh, the day I was done, I was like, Oh my God. Like I felt like it was old Maria. Like I was back to the grind. I was able to, you know, prioritize, you know, the things that I enjoy doing. Um, and, you know, no disrespect to my husband, but you know, we, we know the benefits of breastfeeding. And I think that's a pressure that we get from the doctors, from our significant others. Like, can you make it nine months? Can you make it one year? I'm like, no, no, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that breastfeeding is no joke. Um, I can remember we linked up a few yeah. years ago around the time. I don't think your son was one yet. He would have been around six, seven months. And I remember you having to like go to the car and breastfeed. Uh, and I feel like that was the first time I was around a mom of my age going through that experience. Uh, and so even with that, it was like, oh, like there's there's no time off with breastfeeding. You're always on, literally. Yeah, and it's the biggest adjustment, right? Especially if there's someone who likes to go out at night or have cocktails or whatever it might be, or like everything's on on pause. But I think that the bright side is, you know, you get out of it and you're a, you're a new woman with you know, an extra responsibility, but you're, yeah. you're a woman. Mm, very nice. I, I almost wanted to ask a, a follow-up question about the social aspect of it. So um, my sister is a lawyer and um, at a certain point, like she, you know, when the, the rest of the lawyers were going out for a happy hour or whatever, uh, and this was when she was breastfeeding, she couldn't. Um, I asked, what was that transition like for you? So you've talked a little bit about from having your social life to the breastfeeding, but um, for you after breastfeeding, was it like, okay, now I can like go and do the social things or was there some hesitancy on your part a little bit? How did you feel during that time? Yeah, I, I definitely was ready to put back on the heels and and, and get out there. I, I think as your friends start to have kids, that's, the adjustment because it's like finding the time to like I used to hang, see my friends probably weekly every other week and now it's like okay what are you doing in two months like let's get something on the calendar <laughs> you know especially working moms too um mm-hmm. you know you're tired from working all day and you know I was doing the math like I probably only see my son two hours maybe three hours a day during the week like Monday through through Friday, right? Like he goes to daycare or preschool and we're working, we pick him up, dinner, bed. And so it's it's really maximizing uh, that time that, you know, we are with him in the morning and, and the evening. So then your weekends, you're like, oh, like I got to give that to, to my child because I'm not seeing him Monday through Friday. So you, either way, you you give up a little bit of that, that social, the social life. Mm-hmm. 
what does maximizing the time look like? So during the week and on the weekend, what does maximizing that time actually look like? Um, if it's going to the playground or whatever, uh, just specifically what it looks like for you. Yeah, um, I think there's layers to it. Uh, and this might sound selfish and we talk about a lot on the Levon platform, but I think to be able to maximize your time with your children and to be present, you have to take care of yourself. Yeah. Like you have to be healthy. You have to, you know, be mentally healthy as well. And so, you know, my days start at, you know, I'm up at five in the morning um, during the week so that I can, I found for me, like the first two hours of the day where I don't hear mama or Maria, I need this. Like, <laughs> yeah. like I need that. So, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I work out in the morning and I get all that out of my system so that when he is up, like I'm present, I'm energized. I have a, I've had my cup of coffee. Yeah. Um, I drive him to school. So that's our bonding time. You know, we listen to his favorite music. We'll sing in the car. And so that's how I maximize my time in the morning with him. And then I think after, you know, work when I'm picking him up, again, I was very direct or transparent with my my company and my coworkers and my employees like hey from 5 30 mm-hmm. to 8 p.m my phone's on silent my work phone if it's mm-hmm. emergency call me but like these are my expectations it's my time with my child and so that's I've held true to that ever since I started with this company and and they respect it you know I mean now and then if I do get a call they're like I'm so sorry I know it's 6 p.m I'm like it's okay like what's going on but um again that's my time with our child so Try to have dinner with him and bedtime stories. That's my favorite part of the night. Um, and and tucking him in at night. So and then it's just on repeat for five days out of the out of the week. Yeah, that's. I'm glad you brought up um, that your employer really respects that in your team because I found that in my time it's hard to establish those boundaries and get people to stick to them. And as working parents, like yeah, they know that you have children, but it seems like whatever they have going on is more important, but then you can't really maximize that time if you're not consistent about actually having it available to your family. So, yeah. And I'm really glad that you talked about the self-care aspect of it, because I think I've seen the tendency to um, like, if you're a working mom to go to work and do the work things, and then all the rest of your time is um, focused on the child or the children because you feel guilty being a working mom. And so I absolutely love that you said, okay, I also need my me time and that helps energize me to be prepared because I think Mm -hmm. that's an element that so often is missed. And I don't know that it should be, but I'm not speaking from experience. That's why I'm glad you said it. (laughs) Yeah. And again, I think we put the pressure on ourselves. Moms put pressure on other moms, what you see on social media. (laughs) Mm-hmm. platform the mom that's doing it all and bagging the lunch and making the lunch and organized kitchen and it's hard like it's that's when I had this conversation I'm like it is hard to be a woman let alone a you know a working mom and you know he's not thinking about what's for dinner I'm like I'm like I gotta get dinner ready and well um so you probably hear him in the background but you know we we, we put the pressure on ourselves and I think we need moms to be like it's okay like, you don't want to cook, you do takeout. Like, my son doesn't know what the golden arches are, but he's had McDonald's a couple of times. Like, <laughs> tired, we're not going to cook tonight. <laughs> and I think we think, you know, the expectation of our kids is so elaborate where kids just want, they just want to be with you. 
Yeah. Like we try to jam pack their schedule, play date, play date, and you know, sports, and we're exhausted. And it's like, you know what? Today we're just having pajama day and we're just gonna watch some cartoons. Yeah. <laughs> and so, they love that. Yeah. So thinking back when you were getting ready to return to work in that time, you mentioned earlier that, you know, we as moms are hard on ourselves, hard on each other. But did you receive any feedback on if it was the right decision or someone trying to sway you in a different way now that the baby is here? And if so, how did you manage it? Yeah, um, actually, no, I, I feel like I had a really strong support system that has known me. So they knew like, I was going to go back to work. Um, again, I think it was just the comments. And again, for the intention, they met well, but just some of those comments like, like never or, you know. So yeah, my, my answer to that would be no. Yeah. And what's interesting about that is I feel like no matter which way you go, people have feedback. So even stay at home moms, people are like, well, oh, are you sure you want to be home? Why are you not working? Are you just going to give up your career or when are you going back? And then I hear it on the other side, too, is like, oh, well, how are you going to leave your baby? It's like as women, I feel like we sometimes can't win. So you just have to do you and what's going to work for your family. Yeah, we can't assume that everyone's going to experience the same. Like I'm my nine to five, it's, you know, human resources. And, you know, I'm responsible for women that want to take maternity leave and talk them through that process. And I'm going to be honest, like sometimes I go into that mindset, like, oh my God, like they still don't want to come back. Like what, what what's going on? Like, why do they still need time off? And I have to like check myself, you know, like my own bias where I'm like, all right, come on now. Like what's going on? So yeah, I think, I don't know why we do it but you know I'll, I'll be honest it, it happens and as long as you're self-aware and you can correct that mindset real quick and just know that every woman is going to experience it differently there's an influencer family that I watch from time to time Devell and Katie and Ellis they just had their fourth child um, I believe last year he should be coming up on one years old and I remember leading up to I think them deciding to have another child she talked about just the hesitancy she was having as far as expanding her family because she knew just how as a woman it would impact her career. I think she felt in that season that her career was really taking off. She was getting a lot of opportunities. So there was some fear there around, okay, how does another baby fit into this? And I feel like I'm just hitting the ground running because as a woman, I will have to take time off and those opportunities may or may not be there. Have you felt, I guess, any pressure or feelings one way or the other around, I guess, how expanding your family would impact your career? Because you have one son, but obviously, you know, introducing new children changes dynamics, situations. So I don't know. Have you, I guess, felt any pressure one way or the other of how expanding your family would look in terms of maintaining or expanding your career? Yeah, absolutely. I think every... Every time my son is like, let's play. I'm like, oh, you need a sibling, man. But then it's like, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so the, the thought, you know, crosses our mind. And, um, but yeah, I think that's what weighs on me. Like, that's why when everyone's like, are you having baby number two? I'm like, like for me, it's important to mentally be there before I make that decision. And, you know, I, I go back and forth. Like I've gone on and off birth control probably like three times. Now. So I'm like, okay, yeah, we're ready. And then I'm like, Ooh, no, and then I'm like, um, so 
it's a constant battle, but I will say, you know, I think earlier in the, uh, the conversation, I, you know, said my mindset didn't change. I was like, going to climb the corporate ladder no matter what. And since COVID and now that uh, my son's getting older, that's not a goal of mine anymore. Like I don't care about the title. I care about the balance, the flexibility, are their values aligned with mine and just keep paying. Like I tell my boss, like, I don't want your position. Just keep paying me a lot of money so that <laughs> I can live the lifestyle that I want. But like, I don't care about the title anymore. Like I don't need to work more. I don't want to work more. And so, yeah, that's shifted. So I feel like I'm, I'm slowly getting there to the expansion of the family because now I'm in a different mindset career wise. And I do want to venture down this entrepreneurial journey. Yeah. Very nice. So, uh, but we talked a lot about like other moms and their criticisms. I wanted to ask specifically about family, both your family and in-laws, if there was any criticism there and ways that either you personally or um, you and your husband as a team kind of had to navigate. Yeah. Um, we're, we're, we're both definitely very fortunate. We're both the babies of our families. So uh, we've had a lot, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of support. Like when our son was first born, my mom stayed with us for about three months. And then my mother-in-law stayed for about six months with us to, to help because again, they knew I was going to go back to work and we needed that support. I'll say even to this day, very, very supportive. So, you know, we do have the support of my mother-in-law still and yeah, I think she kind of, she, she makes it easier, hmm. not harder for me Yeah, um, in all aspects. Like if I'm really tired, like she'll cook dinner. Like, so she's very supportive of all my, yeah, you know, everything in my life that I find value in, not just the motherhood part. So I, I definitely appreciate that. I will say though, the pressure of another baby. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, they're that, that, relentless. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, we're here to help you. We're here to support. Remember, yeah. we support it. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you need some that... payday. Like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, he got a goldfish. <laughs> yeah. He has his teddy bears. <laughs> uh, so what were some things you felt like set you up for success? Maybe outside of, you know, the support of your mom or mother-in-law being there with you that helped to set you up in that transition back to work? Yeah, I think most importantly, and I probably sound like a broken record, but being mentally prepared. So for me, I, I did a checklist of what brought me happiness or what brings me happiness. What are my non-negotiables? Like kid or no kid, like I'm not giving these things up. And then just having like a vision board, like, hey, like what's this life I see with a child in it? So I think that was like my, my number one to get me prepared. I think number two is having a strong support system, friends, family, coworkers, your boss, and if you don't have that, either going to find it or that's a time for you to ask, maybe take some people off that list that might add toxic, toxic, oh my God, I say the word, <laughs> that might be toxic in your life. Um, so that was number two. And then um, just having a solid plan. I'm very type A. So I, I, I need a list, I need a calendar. And so, you know, once I figured out the things that were important to me, that were my non-negotiables, it was like looking at the seven, you know, day calendar mm. and seeing where I'm going to squeeze these things in to make my life work. Um, and that's where the 5 a.m. is coming. Like, would I like to sleep until, you know, eight o'clock? Absolutely. But it, that's not how it's going to play out um, for me to, again, be able to give 100% to my to my child um, uh, when he's awake. So those would be my top big tips. 
Very nice. And I know you mentioned, okay, maybe I was a little naive in some areas. So looking back, is there anything that you would do differently as you prepare to go back to work um, after, you know, giving birth? I honestly don't think so. Very nice. I don't. That might be naive of me too, but <laughs> um, I don't know. My child's happy. He's healthy. Yeah. Marriage is good. Like I, I don't know. I don't think I would. Now baby number two comes, like, I think that's going to be a whole nother strategy I need to play out. But um, <laughs> yeah, but right now it feels, I feel like we're in a, in a good spot. Nice. Okay. Is any advice that you might give to um, someone who's transitioning? Um, honestly, whether even people who were maybe who went into this, um, into childbirth thinking, okay, I'm going to go immediately back to work. Like if they start to have um, second thoughts about that what's some advice that you might give or if someone thought hey I'll be a working um, I'm sorry a stay-at-home mom and now they're getting the itch again like what advice you might give for them yeah I think the first part of your question um and that's why you asked that because these are the conversations I have with you know some of my employees that either had to step down in position or go to part-time instead of full-time because it wasn't what they thought. Mm. And I think the biggest advice, and it might sound cliche, but be patient with yourself and don't compare yourself to, to other women or other moms out there. Mm. Um, it's a comment I hear quite often, especially from um, employees. It's like, oh my God, like am I weak? Like, are you guys going to judge me? Like there's all these thoughts in their head. Like, am I going to ruin my chances of getting promoted in the future? It's like, you got to figure out how to get all that noise out of your head, whether it's, you know, meditation, therapy, whatever, you know, works for that individual. But the, the patience is the key. And again, finding that strong support system that you can talk to mm -hmm. um, when you are uh, feeling down or being tough on yourself. Well, as you were talking, I thought about some advice that one of my um, professors gave to me, uh, but he was saying, I think you have to figure out what it is that you want to prioritize and then do that. And um, in the example that he was giving me, he was talking about one of his other students who actually had five children. And he's like, hey, yeah, school's really demanding for you. You're trying to get this other degree, but I completely understand if you wish to prioritize your family. And so you don't need to get an A in this class. Like, it's okay that you're all, you're all right with the C because you were prioritizing your family. And so as you were thinking, I'm, I'm sorry, as you were talking about what you would say to your employees, that just came to mind because um, it's just a rule of thumb that I stick to um, even without kids. So I'm like, man, this is valuable for later parts of my life too. So, yeah. Yeah, I think you have to go into it knowing you're not going to be able to give 100% to everything. Mm. Yeah. You have to be okay with that. Communicate. I know my you know, son's three and a half, but I, I'll tell him like, hey, like... <laughs> I was going to miss your event. This is why. Like, I just think having the conversation and explaining the why, no matter how young they are. But now, you know, when we do take our trips or something without him, like, it's not like, mommy, daddy, where are you? It's like, okay, have fun. Like, because we tell him, like, hey, mommy, daddy need a break. Like, we need this. And <laughs> oh, mom, did you work out today? Like, he knows in the morning that I'm working out every morning. So he knows exactly what I'm doing. And so, yeah, I think, you know, just having those conversations, even when they're one and they can't even speak or probably understand, too, I think it's so important. Yeah, I love how you brought up how you can't give 100% to everything. We talked about that in our, uh, I feel like it's our most popular episode, Can Women Have It All? And just finding the balance and 
like you said, prioritizing and just being at a place of peace with how you choose to configure the different areas of your life and how you're giving to them. Yeah. And I think to answer your second question, so the stay-at-home mom has that itch to, to go back to work. I, I think a tip is just because you're a stay-at-home mom, like the networking shouldn't stop. Like we have the internet and so many online communities, LinkedIn, um, have virtual coffee chats. But, you know, I think if you fully remove yourself from the workforce, even if you don't ever plan to go back, it's still important to have those connections because you never know what to fall into your lap. But yeah, I think if you fully remove yourself, it's, I think that would be a little tough to try to get your toe back in hundred percent, but yeah, stay connected to both sides, the, the stay-at-home mom and also the working mom, because I think you can learn, we can all learn from each other um, on ways to, to uh, do better for ourselves and our families. Well, with that being said, thank you so much, Maria. I really enjoyed just like fun. hearing everything that you had to say and um, especially the part about planning and making lists because <laughs> I'm definitely there with you. So thank you for coming on and to our audience. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Girlfriends and Goals podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Girlfriends and Goals podcast, where we'll continue this conversation over the next week. If you haven't subscribed already, please go ahead and do that now. And don't forget to rate, review, and share. Until next time. Bye. Bye.